Tony was just talking about uh, that God is capable, right? He's a, he's a way maker and uh, that God is still in the business of, of doing miraculous things. Um, and, and sometimes we look like over the moon, kind of big, like God can do these miraculous things and absolutely he can. But there are these little things that he does throughout our life every, every day, like going to the doctor or going to the hospital or healing from a surgery. Uh, and, 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 and we see that God does miraculous healing in that space where the doctors just kind of and they have no idea like how that actually happened. Um, I'm going to share it with you. Uh, there was a gal who came up to me, uh, one, one, of our, one of our members here this morning who came up and, and she said, hey, I want you to know, um, and it blessed my heart so much. Uh, she came up and she said, um, uh, I had this surgery and uh, there's been some infection in my body. And so I was going in to have to go do the surgery again um, uh, or to, to see about doing surgery again. And uh, one of the life groups this week uh, prayed for me and, and prayed for the procedure, prayed that, you know, that, that God would do a miraculous work and heal me uh, before I go in there. And wouldn't you know, wouldn't you know, like God showed up and God was God uh, because uh, she went to the doctor for, uh, to, to see about doing the surgery again this week. And guess what? Everything was fine. Like, like the, the, the healing, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Praise God, right? Like, like God did that. Like he took the infection out of her body and the doctors just really, they, they threw up their hands like, I don't know how this happened. And she's like, well, I know how it happened. <laughs> if you want me to tell you, I can tell you how it happened. Um, but it was just, there, there's this reality that we are uh, these, uh, this is kind of a natural tie-in. I didn't mean for it to be a tie-in. But there's this, uh, there's this natural phenomenon that we are, scripture calls us these jars of clay. Right, that we are that we are jars of clay. Uh, Paul says it like this in Second Corinthians four seven. Um, in our fragility and the grandness and the greatness of God, he says, "But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power." belongs to God and not to us. Now, is that not a way to see that our bodies are fragile, that we, that we are jars of clay to show that the surpass, like God can show up and he can do God-sized things whenever he wants to do. And it's one of the, one of the things that he did this week. And I'm sure that you can look in your life and you can look back over your life and say like, man, like God did this. And God did that. And you can just look back over a history of God's faithfulness uh, in your life. But, okay, so let me, let me transition out, out of that real quick and talk about, okay, guys, we're, we're doing our annual family meeting this morning. Um, so uh, thanks for coming. Uh, a, a lot of times people see, oh, it's that time of year again. It's our annual meeting, and we don't like to do this in our own house. So I don't really want to go and do it with the family uh, that I'm a part of at church either. And so people use this as a fantastic Sunday to catch up on their sleep. But uh, you didn't do that. So, so thanks for coming uh, this Sunday. I, we're going to look back at what God has done over the past year, and we're going to look forward to what God's doing in the upcoming year as well, and where we see him kind of moving, and the things that we're excited uh, about as well. Um, so Paul says that we're these jars of clay, and that we're showing the surpassing value, and the surpassing power, and the grandness, and the sufficiency of God, and God alone, in the fragility of our bodies. Does anybody know what this is? Yeah, you got to talk real loud because I'm, I'm, I don't hear very well. Yeah, it's, it's a jar of clay, right? It's a jar that's made out of clay. Now, um, this is not an archaeological uh, find by any means. This came from the Hobby Lobby uh, last year. Um, you probably maybe have one sitting in your house that looks quite like it um, if you ever go there. Um, but it was a cool jar and we picked it up last year and I thought, man, this is really cool. But this is a jar of clay. So what, what's a jar of clay used for? Go ahead. 
to, to hold water, to hold stuff, like to carry stuff, right? That, like that's the purpose. Um, the, a jar of, that's made out of clay, it's always had the purpose of carrying something that hasn't really changed throughout the centuries, right? A jar of clay still carries stuff. That's its purpose. They're, they're useful. Jars made out of clay are what we would kind of, we would say that they're conduits. They're carries of something that's inside of it. And so a jar carries something to someone or something that is in desperate need or is maybe not a desperate need but is actually in need of what's inside of its jar. It has a purpose. But jars of clay are kind of fragile, aren't they? So if I were to take this jar and I would just kind of drop it here on the stage or to drop it down there on the floor, uh, I guess most of us in our wisdom would surmise that this thing would shatter into, I don't know how many pieces, but it would shatter into quite a few uh, pieces on, on the ground because they're, they're, they're fragile. They, they don't hold up very well over time. And at the time that Paul writes these few little words, see, jars were just jars at the time. There was nothing really significant about a jar other than the fact that they carried something that was very important inside of it. The jar was just a jar. It carried things like water. It carried uh, wine. It carried oil. It carried flour. It carried grain like food. It carried the things that people need. The jar in and of itself wasn't that important. It was what went inside of the jar that gave it its significance. The jar just carried it. And the purpose of the jar hasn't really changed over over the centuries. The purpose of the clay jar is still to carry things. Now, over the years, they, they've been decorated. They've been painted. Uh, they've been made kind of like a part of uh, the culture, right? Uh, some of you right now, I just saw over here, Patty, like you, you've got a modern-day jug in your hand, right? Like we've got Nalgene's. Some of you might have a Nalgene in your hand. Some of you have a Yeti the, like, that just like, like they started off this small, but now Yetis are like ridiculously big, right? Um, and uh, hydro flask, like we've kind of moved beyond Yeti right now. The cultural trend is they have the hydro flask. These are modern day jars that carry something inside. And these things are crazy expensive, right? Some of you have these jars and these pots sitting somewhere on your shelves at home. They're, they're, they're made to decorate your home. But no matter how much we decorate these jars, no matter how expensive they actually get or how well they carry the material inside, the value of the jar has never been the exterior of the jar. The value of the jar is that it carries something significant inside of it. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4, 7, he said, but we have this treasure. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. And what Paul was saying is that his life and that our lives, the, the Corinthians that he's talking to, and even down to RCC today, that our lives are like jars of clay, like they're fragile, right? They're, they're, like sometimes they break even when you don't drop us, right? There, there are times that we just, that we break, but it was intentional. God made us that way and he made us fragile. He made us these jars of clay so that we can demonstrate the power and the greatness and the complete sufficiency of God and God alone. That in him, we are everything that we need, but outside of him, we really don't have anything. And, and so in our little fragile bodies, we become these conduits of grace, we become these carriers of his mercy and his power and his love all to the people uh, around us. So, so think about it like this. Like I can, in my fragility, I, I can take my jar, right? And I can, I can paint it. And, and, I, and I can try to add value to this, right? It's Valentine's Day, so, or it was Valentine's Day, so let me put a little heart on here. All right, Helen, don't judge my art, okay? All right, so, like some people, like, you're like, that's not adding any value to it at all. But if this uh, paintbrush was in the uh, hands of an artist, we can give it some Charlie Brown stuff down here, right? 
kind of this kind of thing. So we could take it and we can paint it and we can try to add some value to it in that way. We can put some little dots. And somebody somewhere would say, well, now that jar is much more valuable than, than it started off being, right? Thank you for taking pictures of this because this is going to, yes. Um, and, and so we can say, you know what, I'm going to add value to my jar by, by, by painting my jar. Or, you know what, I'll, I'll, take, some, I'll take some jewelry. And I, I can add some, I can take my jar and I can add a little bit of jewelry to it and that will make it look nice. And babe, I'm afraid that your necklace is about to get paint on it. Um, but thanks for letting me borrow it. We can add a, a little um, bit of uh, jewelry and we can say, you know what, because I add some salary to my life, or I add some salary to my jar, or I add a little promotion to my jar, then now my jar becomes much more uh, valuable than it started off being. Or, or, you know what, not just the, the value of the, let's actually add some money to it. We put a little bit of, put a little bit of money to it, and we're like, man, my jar is so much more valuable than you can ever imagine. My value is so much higher than your value of your jar. And what we end up doing is we say, you know what, in my fragility, in my fragile life, which is now becoming a treasure for me, I say, well, you know what, I'm going to take my jar, I'm going to compare it to your jar. And in my jar, it's, it's taller than your jar. <laughs> my, my, my jar holds more than your jar. My jar looks nicer than your jar, some would say. And, and some would say, you know, my, my jar, in, in its comparison to you, it's much more valuable than, than your jar. But at the end of the day, even in our comparisons, when we take our jar and we compare it to the jars that are around us, the exterior of the jar is still just a jar. The jar is still only the jar. The value of the jar at the end of the day doesn't find its value in the fact that it's sitting here and it's looking really nice and it's got treasure that's sitting around it. The value of the jar is not in the fact that it can compare itself to some other jar and say I'm better than that jar or I'm more significant than that jar. At the end of the day, the value of this jar is still the importance that it carries something valuable inside of it. It's not the jar that adds the value. It finds its value when it's taking what's been poured inside of it, that, that the conduit of which it is, when it's actually, it's taking what's been given to it and it's pouring it into the lives of others, the true treasure, right? This jar finds its value when it's pouring the treasure inside of it into the lives of those that are around it. So I want you to think that in your fragility, in your life, in your jar, your, your life is never intended to paint the jar. Your life is never intended to add value to your jar, to your salary, to your existence, and to think that your life is the treasure. Your jar, your life finds its, its significance that when you see that I'm fragile, that I'm a jar of clay, and what's been put inside of me that's much more valuable than anything that I could add to myself. That I, like we see, we see Paul, and we know what Paul is talking about. He's talking about our lives, right? He's talking about our lives are these jars of clay. And the treasure that we have inside is not anything that I've added. The treasure that I have inside of me is the fact that Jesus Christ is living inside of me. And, and, and this jar of clay, finds its value when I begin to pour that life into the lives of others that are around me. Now here's the challenge for us. Knowing that Paul's talking about our lives as this jar, and he's talking about Jesus as the treasure. Everything in our world tells us to paint the jar. Everything in our world tells us to make sure that our jar stands out more than any other jar around us. 
Everything in our culture says, decorate your jar, your jar that your life, your life is the treasure. So make sure that your life stands out amongst all the other lives. And so that when people see you, they're like, wow, that's a beautiful jar. Wow, you've done really well for yourself. Wow, you're amazing. And we can buy into the lie of the culture that says you find your value in the exterior. That you find your value in just prettying up everything on the outside. Make sure that our jar stands out, but we know that we're living for something so much more than the outside. We're living for something that's so much more valuable than just this physical life. And just making sure everything works out around us. Now, I don't want to downplay our physical life because our physical life is important. Like, just as our spirit is redeemed, Scripture says that our, our, our physical body will one day be redeemed as well. So there's value in our body. But in the great comparison against the treasure that's living inside of us, our value is so insignificant that Paul would say that our lives are fragile, that we're jars of clay in comparison to the treasure that we carry around inside of us. And so as people, and as a, a church, we exist to help people find the treasure that's inside the jar. We, we've said that our mission is to help people find Jesus and to experience true life in him. What our mission really is, is to help people to find the treasure that's inside the jar. And so we find our value when we're pouring our lives out into others so that they can find the treasure that's inside the jar. So that they can see that their life finds its significance in Christ and in Christ alone. Paul says again in 2 Corinthians 4, 7, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. And he was referring to the big picture that we find our value in the sufficiency of the Lord and that the world will find its value not in taking their entire life and building up their life, but to taking their life and investing it into the treasure that's greater than any other treasure that, would ever, that we could ever find, right? It's in Christ and in Christ alone. And, and, and so this year, that's what we've been doing, right? Over the past year, we've been trying to help people find the treasure that's inside the jar. Not to promote ourselves, not to promote our church, not to promote the, the, the awesome things that we're doing around here, right? Like as, as a pastor, I'm so proud of our congregation. I'm, I'm so proud of our volunteers. I'm so proud of our staff. I'm so proud of our elders. I'm so proud of our deacons. But I don't look at our staff and everything that we're doing and say, hey, look at what we're doing. We, we do this so that people can see the treasure that's inside the jar, so that people can find Jesus and experience true life in him. And so that's the goal. That's what we've been doing over the past year. And so we're going to have some staff come up here in just a, li in a little bit. And you're going to hear them share about what's been going on over the past year, what they're excited about, and how God's been working in and through them. We're going to have uh, some deacons come up here and some elders come up here. We're going to, uh, you've got a sheet that's in front of you, and we're going to affirm um, some deacons and elders. Um, and then uh, a, a little while later, we're going to, uh, we're going to vote uh, on the annual budget. We're going to vote on those deacons and those elders, uh, of which we all get to be a part of that. And uh, as we do that, I want you to hear from me, and I want you to hear from all the staff, that our main goal is that people are finding Jesus. 
Our main goal is that they're learning to experience true life in him. So everything that we do, everything that you're going to hear comes in the context are people finding the treasure. And if they're not finding the treasure, if we're not pointing people to the treasure, then we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing. So everything, the budget that we're doing, the Imagine Project that you have been a part of over the past year, like we started back in June and Lonnie's going to share some budget numbers that's just going to, um, hopefully will encourage you about what God's been doing and you've invested into that. 35 families uh, a while back said, hey, I want to be a part of the Imagine Project to pay down $682,000 of building debt so that we can uh, clear that out of the way so there's, there's, no, there's nothing that's keeping us back from making Jesus known in our, in our local society, in our local culture, and in our global culture as well. And you've been a part of doing that. And then there were some who didn't make a commitment uh, uh, on, on the cards who, who, who said, okay, I didn't make a commitment, but I'm still giving towards that end because I want to see people come alive in Jesus. And so thank you for everything that you're doing. You're going you're gonna to hear those numbers, and, and I want you, to hear me to say, want you to hear me say thank you for everybody who's been uh, a part of that as well. So um, really what I'm going to do is I'm going to shut up so that other people can come up here and start talking. So I'm going to invite the staff to come up, and as they're coming up, I want to uh, pray and just, just thank the Lord. Father, thanks so much. Um, thank you for uh, what you've been up to. Father, thank you for the staff that we have and the team that we have, the volunteers that we have. Thank you that you're pressing us into learning to linger with you so that we can be fully satisfied and saturated in you. Father, so that the, the most important thing for us isn't what our stage looks like or what our building looks like or how many people are coming into this place, but people are truly experiencing you. They're finding you and they're experiencing your true life in, uh, that, in, in abundance because they're knowing who Jesus is. And so I, I pray, uh, Father, that as we spend time this morning, that our hearts would be encouraged, that we would be challenged, but we'd also be encouraged of what, what you've been up to and that we would just dream and pray together about what you could be doing in us through this next year. Thanks for everything, Lord. You're a God who still does miracles. In Jesus' name, amen. I am Maris Buller, Kid Life Director, and I am just going to give you a really quick update on what is happening from this last year, and I could honestly talk all day about the fun and exciting things that are happening over there while you all are in here, but um, I just wrote down a few highlights. I have my cheat sheet. Um, one of the first things is in August we started a new curriculum, and it is um, the same. We teach the same subject, um, the same story, the same topic, three-year-olds through fifth grade um, every Sunday. And um, that has been really cool. We're sending home parent take-home sheets. Hopefully you're getting those. And so you know what we're talking about every week and that you can talk about that with your kids. We're memorizing memory verses. Um, we have two verses that we focus on every month for every series. And so hopefully you're getting those at home too. And you can do that with your kids. We put little magnets. Like if you haven't seen these, we send, I laminate the verses on a card and we put magnets on the back. So you can be sticking those on your fridge. The kids can be putting them in their lockers, like whatever. Um, so those are some fun things that um, we are doing to also just um, partner with you guys as parents. We want to let you know what we're doing, what we're teaching. So you can talk about it at home. Like your kids are, you know, we only get your kids for 45 minutes once a week, if that. And you um, obviously are the primary teachers of your kids about teaching them who Jesus is. And we just get to the opportunity to um, be the bonus, the bonus during the week and say, yeah, 
this is what we're going. You know, your parents are talking and teaching you, and we are going to just encourage and um, say the same thing later. So um, thank you for doing that. As you see, there's a few um, pictures scrolling through of some of our teachers. Most of our teachers, I have a couple that, that uh, I didn't get pictures of. But um, another cool thing that we started this last um, year in August is our preschool class. We had, I, a few years ago, took a leap of faith, and I asked my teachers if they would serve a service and attend a service. So that means be here every week to teach the kids same service. You don't like go to life group and have different life group leaders every week and rotate through life group leaders. That's kind of odd, right? So it's the exact same thing. We don't want different teachers every week. We don't want different people rotating through and not knowing our kids. So that has been, I had teachers say yes, and it has been amazing. And so with that, I needed more some more teachers this year. And my preschool class, we had, um, Burt Willard was teacher first service, but second service, we had a rotation of people. But Terry Maxson was like, I want to do more. And so that is a, an incredible preschool team that we've got going on right there. This starting in the fall, we've got Billy and Jenny in five-year-olds and um, kindergartners. We've got Tom and Carol first service for the first through third. We have um, Kim and Lindsay and Jake and Amy who are new this year. Um, for our first through for third grade second service. And then we started a new quest class, which is fourth and fifth grade. And Trevor and Elsie Buznitz do that. And that has been a game changer for those kids. That quest class, I don't hear any more whining and complaining and I don't want to be here and can I do something else instead? Like they love Trevor and Elsie and Trevor and Elsie love them. It has been awesome. So thank you and thank you for saying yes. And it's just been a blessing. There are exciting things happening back there. Um, also, about a year ago, we started our Kid Check security system, and that's going pretty well. Um, if you are a parent right now and you haven't looked at your account for a while, I would love for you to update it. There's a lot of missing pieces, emails, addresses. I, we're doing also starting birthdays, so we celebrate the kids' birthdays. I get to pick something out of the birthday box this year, and I'm realizing a ton of kids' birthdays are wrong. So <clears throat> you hurried when you created your account to just get checked in, and I was like, they're like, this isn't my birthday. I'm like, okay, good to know. So um, yeah, if you have a kid check account, I would love for you to go in and update that. Um, we just have added a few more security things, name tags for my teachers. We have the ropes out there just to remind people that this is kids' life. You don't get to just hang out back here. Um, and then, let's see. The other thing is we had opposite of just not opposite but not on a Sunday but we had VBS this year we had the most kids that we have ever had registered and we had the least amount of help that we've ever had and God totally provided in that and he came through and it was an awesome awesome year um, keep in mind this year it is June 8 through 12 so we would love anybody and everybody that loves kids to help um, and other opportunities to serve. Um, we have a kids life check-in desk out there. I need a couple more people that would love to um, just help check in kids and be manning that station. Uh, nursery. Um, I have a new, I have been praying about the revamping of the nursery, the attend one and serve one. Consistent people so your kids are seeing when you're dropping them off, you know they're supposed, that person's supposed to be there. They, you know that they know your child and they're going to take good care of them. When they, like if they normally nap during this time or if they're hungry or whatever. It, God hasn't provided yet completely, but this last couple weeks, he did provide a high school junior who really, really wants to be here every week to serve. So she's back there giving it a whirl today. 
And so Delaney, um, I'm super excited about that. If you have a heart to serve um, for our, with our babies, the two-year-olds, I would love to talk to you. Also, um, special needs buddies. We need a few more people that would like to hang out with a special needs child. And it's super fun. And we would get you hooked up. So talk to me if you have any questions or are interested in that. Thanks. I hate going after Maris, just so you know. Um, one of the reasons is my my role is like all over the place. So you're hopefully you can follow as I jump from different ministries. I, there's several ministries that I get to be a part of. So it doesn't feel um, quite as straightforward as the kids' ministry. But anyway, hang on. So we're the last year, one of the highlights, um, the big deal last year was we uh, became a host site for the IF conference. And that is... Um, Comes, yeah, it's awesome. Where it's just such quality teaching that is um, led by Jenny Allen out of Dallas. And so, we, the simulcast being a simulcast site, is kind of a game changer. I mean, we can focus on the logistics, the details, the food, um, and then let them do the teaching. And so, it's just top level teaching. So, that was really awesome to introduce that last year. Last week, we had this year's conference here, and we had, um, it was amazing. We had uh, women served, and the tables were beautiful, and just the team did a great job, and the women were here. There were women here that I didn't even know. So it was really awesome. I came in Friday night, because um, it was senior night, basketball, so I couldn't be here for the start of it. So I walked in and there was like 60 plus, the room was full. I couldn't even find a seat hardly. So it was really exciting, really awesome. And the theme was Jesus and just following Jesus and just letting that be part of your life. So that's a, that was a, that's, I'm super excited about that. And in connection to that last year from Service Sunday, we ended up, um, we formed a women's ministry team. So I, love those ladies <laughs> they are awesome it's there they will be running and um, investing in and leading us for our events this year so that's a that's a growth thing um, for me personally because I have to kind of let go which is awesome because these women are more than able and they God is leading them to do use their gifts and talents uh, so we will continue with the inner ladies intersection the, as far as last year goes that was a big success for our women our attendance would be sometimes up to the 40s sometimes down to the 20s but either way when a lady comes to share her story on how God's intersected her life it is so encouraging insightful and it causes us to think about how is God intersecting our life that's my hope for the ladies intersection is that yes there's there's food there's fellowship we grow in our faith and we stop to say where's God in my life because when we start looking for him we find him and when we seek him we find him because he's there so that was really encouraging last year just to get to hear and even after the speaker, the ladies who, who speak, they always come up and they're like, thank you for asking me. That was so good for me to think about and to spend time talking to God about how he's been there. And they always can see how faithful that he is. So 
Um, so those are things I'm super excited about. Uh, last year we had flood relief, so I was involved, so I'm shifting gears a little bit from the women's ministry to the flood relief. We as a body led our community in the flood relief, and that may come up later for the phase one. So then there was also a team of um, ladies from our community that led the second phase, that were part of the second phase. So Riverview was kind of a leader in that. But these ladies on the team from uh, churches all over town would go reach out to people in the recovery process and help people who were stuck and just hear their story and help find out how can we help? What are they stuck with? Do they need an estimate? Is their well water a problem? Do they need more road work? So we were able to allocate the funds that were remaining and some additional funds that came in in a way that helped people over the hump and to move forward in the recovery process. So that was very rewarding to be a part of that. And then we have the um, family, the benevolent care team that also cares for our community members and our family members here at Riverview uh, to help them through their crisis and help them over you know, the rough patches in life if we can. Um, so that's, those are things that excite me from last year. So this year I'm excited to um, see what God does with the women's ministry team uh, and the transition. This will be a transition year from me leading that to them leading that. So we can, I'd love for you to pray about that, honestly, to pray for that. And because I know that uh, they are totally capable and willing. So I'm excited to see what God does there. And also this year, I'm looking forward to further developing the family life concept. The family matters concept kind of evolved into the family life concept. So you'll hear more about that. And that basically is us helping, helping each other be a family together and help everybody find their fit here in our family. And then in our personal families, how we can help each other, how families can help each other grow and grow closer to Jesus and become healthier. Um, I think, oh, one last thing. Um, I feel like God's put it on my heart to just understand grief more. So um, I'm looking this year at developing and um, learning more about grief and how we can grow in biblical support of people who are grieving and for us to walk through our grief process leaning on the Lord and as healthy as we can but to walk through that valley and find the Lord in the midst of that and just know that he's always faithful so um, and personally I just my goal is to just truly get to know Jesus more and more Sometimes I feel like busyness gets in the way, and I just feel like I need a reset to just sit at the feet and just learn to hear from him and continue to grow and surrender and dependence. Uh, my name is Tony Boscarino. If I have not met you before, I oversee our worship ministry and also our life group ministry. So I want to talk about those. I'm going to start with worship. Uh, looking back at 2019, <clears throat> this past year we uh, really implemented and created a worship directional leadership team. So it's not just um, me uh, leading this, but we actually have a great group of people, which would be uh, Eva Carson, Natalie Hitch, and my wife, Jess Boscarino. 
And so we meet on Friday mornings and we really pray about how we can help our team and help our church grow as worshipers of God. The goal of the worship team is not just to play music, but to connect our church with the living, awesome, powerful God. And so we're not just about singing songs, but we're about gathering together as one body to lift up the name of Jesus and to be hit by the truth of who he is every time we gather as a body. And so we have this leadership team that's trying to figure out how we can do that well. And so one of the things we do is we look at song selection. So just for you to know, uh, we played 115 different songs last year, um, including all our services, including everything we did, which is, I don't know if that's good or bad, but it was a lot. Um, we also figured out what were the top songs of 2019. So if you're around here regularly, anyone have an idea of a song that we sang quite often? Maybe top three? My Lighthouse did not make it, but that's a really good try. Um, what is it? Cornerstone, no. Chains, no. Oh, man, you guys are so close. But here's a hint. It's like, hallelujah, praise the one who said. Did anyone remember that song? <laughs> okay, we sang that one a lot. Okay, um, there's another one. It's like, I will build my life upon your love. Anybody remember that song? Okay, we did that one. And then the number one song. Anybody have any guesses? Ooh, so close, but no. <laughs> this was a song that we played the most because I absolutely love it. And I just, I was like shouting it. It's like that song that's, Oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. Anybody know it? Praise his name forevermore. I love that song. And so we did it the most because, we did it the most because I love it so much. <laughs> so anyway, those are the top three. Uh, so we look at song selection. We also do special events. So the Christmas program, if you guys were all here, uh, that was a complete team effort. Um, so between myself and Natalie and Eva and, and Jess, just, just pulling that all together. And that was a great event. We had a lot more people involved. In Maris, we had lots of kids involved. And uh, that's a huge event for us because it's really an outreach. It's for our church to worship, but also it's a great place to bring other people in that they would understand the truth of what happened during Christmas, that Jesus came because God so loved us that we could have um, forgiveness and have a new life in him. So the Christmas was great. The other thing we did was worship and prayer nights. Uh, we did three worship and prayer nights throughout the year. And uh, when I was um, first finding my now wife very attractive and beautiful, she was leading a worship and prayer night in Michigan. And that was a time, it was a dedicated space where people could come and just spend a longer time engaging with God. And we wanted to bring that to Riverview. So if you've never been to one of those worship nights, we're going to do three more in the upcoming year. And really it's an extended time for us to really reset our minds and our hearts on God. And so, you know, it's an hour, hour and 15 minutes of just really worship. And so sometimes, you know, we sing these songs and it's like we're starting to open up our heart to God and, and then it's over, you know, and then we shift on to something else. And this provides us a time for a church just to come in to really engage with God and allow him to do a deep work inside of all of our heart that doesn't always happen um, on a Sunday morning because we don't always give him the time just to speak. And so I really want to encourage you guys to come to that. Um, the other thing in 2019, we had some new faces join our team, uh, new singers, new instruments, uh, uh, drummer. And so that's been great. We've had new people that God has uh, provided for our team, and they've been doing excellent. And you're going to see more new faces coming up soon. 
as we look towards to uh, 2020, currently uh, we are going through every single song we have sang in the last 10 years, which has been quite a process, and that's why I'm thankful for other people who are really detail-oriented that are helping me out with that. So we're looking at all these songs, and we're thinking, okay, what's good for us to put on the shelf for a while? What do we really need to, to keep singing? And then also praying together, what are the themes that God is, is bringing up for Riverview? What are the lyrics that we need to sing over ourselves, over our church, over our community? And, uh, and that's what we're looking at for this next year. Um, again, like I mentioned, we're going to do three more worship nights, and I would love for you guys to come because I think it's a powerful way to just, you know, give that intentional time with God and just ask and move in your life. You know, worship is powerful. It's powerful when we let our hearts go and we don't worry about what we sound like when we just say, you know, God, you're, you're great. I'm just going to worship you. And when we do that, it really begins to change things inside of us, and so that's what those nights are all about. Um, this is something that's been on my heart for a little while, and I'm going to say it publicly, which means that I probably should do it. Uh, but I've been wanting to uh, maybe write some worship songs, like out of Riverview. And so if you're on the team, a little collaboration, just to be like, God, what are you saying to us, and how can we sing that back to you? So maybe some Riverview worship songs uh, coming in the future. Please pray about that, because uh, we need God to do that, you know? Um, all right, switching gears, looking at Life Group. Uh, life Group ministry this year, we had uh, more people involved. We had a few new group, groups that opened up, which was good. Just if you're wondering, there's about 44% of our weekly attendants that are in life groups right now. So we're getting there, but it's uh, not where I think we could be. I think we could have many more, and I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. What we found is that couples life groups are really, really growing, and it's a fantastic place for people to get together, to spend an evening building relationships with other people, and then growing in the understanding of the word. So those are taking off. We also have been utilizing Right Now Media. Does everyone know what Right Now Media is? I hope that you do. It's a completely free service that anyone that comes to Riverview can have. If you don't know what that is, please talk to me or one of the staff. But it's a great way to grow in the Word, to hear great teachers. You can go on there and search parenting or search finances or search, you know, lots of different things. And you get, man, really some great insight. So we're utilizing that in our life group ministry. And uh, we're seeing people that are growing in their faith and building relationships. And I just want to say that you probably aren't going to feel super connected at Riverview if you're not involved in a life group because that's really where you get to know people on a deeper level outside of just saying hi on Sunday, but you actually get to hear about their lives and understand who they are. And they're fun. Uh, you know, stories I've heard this past year, lots of groups are sharing meals together, that they're breaking bread, that they're enjoying, they're laughing, getting to know each other. The groups have gone to movies, had bonfires in backyards, game nights. And so there's really this fellowship aspect that's taking place. And more importantly, people are learning how to live out our faith together. You know, sometimes you hear a message on Sunday and it, and it pricks your heart, but then you don't really know what to do with it. It's so good to have other people to say, you know, like, I wasn't made to do this on my own. I need other people to walk this out with me, and that's really what Life Group, Life Group does. So looking to 2020, I said we had 44%. I'm shooting for 75% of people in Life Group. And guess what? I cannot do that on my own. That actually involves all of you to jump in and be a part of that. And why do we want people to be in Life Group? 
it's because, because we believe that spiritual growth and sustained life change occurs best within the context of community. One of the things we say around here a lot is that we're better together. We're better together. We weren't created to be alone. We're created for fellowship. And so we have a group of people that are going to walk this out together. Um, I feel like sometimes, you know, in my walk with God, I have these highs and these lows. And, it, you know, I feel great. And then it goes down. And having a life group there every week, it kind of keeps me more on this, like, consistent path. And uh, hopefully the goal is that it's on an upward path towards Jesus. Um, weekly encouragement. I've got other guys in my life that are challenging me, asking, you know, not just am I doing wrong things, but am I doing the right things? Am I diving into the Word? Am I, you know, confessing the sin that's in my life and getting that out of there? Am I praying with my wife? Am I doing those things? That's why we need to be in groups because those are the opportunities where we can really grow and be challenged. So we're looking for more people to get involved. Um, looking to kick off a lot more groups coming in the fall, which would then be filled up by all of you joining, uh, just to put that out there again. And uh, the other thing I want to look forward in 2020 is actually having coaches in place, because I want to do a much better job of actually working with the leaders. So we'll have coaches that are going to be, you know, discipling leaders, and then leaders discipling their members. And so we're looking for coaches. If you're interested in being a life group leader, or you're interested in jumping in and seeing how you can grow with other people, I would love for you to talk to me. Thank you very much. Now is the time for Bill Van Kirk. Bill is a deacon here, and I'm going to invite Bill to come on up. Let's give Bill a hand as he's working his way up here. Hi, my name is Bill Van Kirk. I am one of the deacons here. And by since the fact that the president and the vice president aren't here, then I got selected to open the meeting for our uh, annual meeting, basically. And so uh, I'm going to outline what, we, what we're going to talk about in the, in the meeting. We're going to talk about the new members. I'll call Barry up here in a few minutes to talk, discuss new members. We're also going to affirm the uh, new elders and deacons. Um, if you could just put your votes in the offering tray when they go by, then we can count them a lot easier that way. We're also going to vote on the budget, which Lonnie's going to come up and do that here in a minute. And... Uh, so that concludes my part of it. So I'll call Barry up here to talk about the new members. So I am excited. I get kind of the fun part of the meeting. I get to introduce the new members. Um, we had an awesome time last week. And let me just tell you, they started off right with some incredible food. So if that gets you to places like it does me, um, that is definitely going to happen at the next class as well. Um, we had a great time together. There were 38, there's 38 new members. Um, and I, we're going to introduce that group as a whole here soon. But I just want you to know that it was an incredible time um, as an elder super humbling because we after each person went through the class they had an opportunity to go forward and join uh, the church and so um, in this class there's so many things that uh, were brought up as far as are we a part of a denomination what do we believe to the core I mean truly the values the the um, just the things that we believe as a church. I think um, it's important to, to understand that um, to be able to become a member, you kind of want to know what you're joining. And so being a part of this church, um, the, the other thing that was incredible um, was that we had people here from, the, from day one in the class 
and we had people at the class that were here for just a few months in our church that wanted to be members so it was all times of, uh, you know people that have come throughout time into the into the church and so it was just an incredible thing to see and then I guess lastly, the biggest treat for me personally, each elder got to meet with each person that moved forward with their membership to hear their testimony. Um, and so for me, imagine if you know me, um, I shed a lot of tears hearing testimonies. It was powerful and it was so cool. To, I mean, we have some incredible stories in this church of people that have gone through just very difficult things in their life, but how God has just uh, brought them out of that, and they've trusted Christ as their Savior, and it's just been such an incredible, um, incredible thing, and so I'm hoping we get to hear from some of those people and some of the stories that we heard uh, as elders, because it was truly, I can say I was in tears uh, listening to some of these stories, so I just, um, I want to have anybody that uh, went forward with the new membership, please to stand. We had 38. Any of you that are here today, would you please stand and be recognized? That's awesome. Uh, praising the Lord, you guys. And and certainly, this isn't this isn't mean that that's. That doesn't have really anything to do with your salvation. But what it does mean is just it's a commitment to join a body and a church. Uh, just be committed and all in. And, and so I want all of us to really consider uh, moving forward. It's, it's a really cool thing to be a part of the, the church body and to be, a, be able to be a member. So um, if those people would stand again, what I want to do is I want to pray for them as a congregation. And I want everyone else, if you're close to them, feel free to touch them on the shoulder. But there is power in prayer. So we're just going to pledge uh, these people forward and just encourage them in their new membership in this church. So please stand up once again, those that were new members. Anybody else, if you want to just wherever you're at, just put your hands forward. Just Let's just pray for all the new members in our church. Father, thank you so much for those that have um, decided to move forward with their membership in, at Riverview Community Church, God. And, and we know that it doesn't mean that it's, it's, uh, it's a salvation thing, God. It's just, it's just a commitment to a body, God, that they've just said that they're all in, um, that they want to serve, that they want to be used in a way, God, that would just honor you. And so I just pray for every single new member in this room and outside of this room. Um, God, I just pray that you would just continue to stir their hearts, stir their minds, God. Just uh, propel them towards Jesus, God, and, and use them in a powerful way for our community, the 30-mile radi radius, and all around the world, God. If that's, if that's what you are calling, God, just would you move us to that and just... Uh, God, we never want to be the same. We want to continue every single day, God, to be used the way you want us to be used. So I just pray a special blessing on these new members, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Hey, so in just a few minutes, we're going to be uh, voting or affirming our uh, new elder and uh, a few new deacons as well. Uh, but before we do that, I'm going to have uh, our elders come on up to the stage on, and stand on this side. And if you're a deacon, I want you to go ahead and come up onto the stage and stand on this side uh, as well. And, and as they're coming up, I'm just going to explain uh, a little bit. Um, uh, our, our, our deacon nominees, also, would you go ahead and come up on stage uh, as well over here with the deacons on this side? Um, our, at Riverview, part of our leadership structure is uh, we, we have a, a group of people that are leading. It's, it's not just me who's standing up here and trying to lead all of us together. I'm a part of something that's bigger. I'm a part of the, the elder team up here. And as elders, um, we are tasked by scripture to help shepherd the flock, um, to, 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 to lead, um, if you want to refer to yourself as sheep, the scriptures refer to, our, refer to us as believers as sheep as well. Um, but we have the opportunity as uh, an elder team to help shepherd you. And the way that we've uh, defined that and we talk about that uh, through scripture is that we have a role to, to help guide and to guard. Um, that we uh, help guide and guard. We, we try to guard the doctrine of Riverview that comes directly out of scripture. Um, we, we help uh, to try to keep the wolves uh, out of the sheep pen as well so that there's no false teaching that makes its way uh, onto our stage or to any of our groups as well. Uh, and so we make sure these guys up here are tasked um, by you uh, through scripture to help lead us spiritually. And so every one of these guys, I'm just going to uh, just go ahead and say your name real loud so they can hear you. Jim Nicholson, Ted Tucker, James Thurston, Barry Kittrell, Tony Basquiat, Lonnie Fuller. And I'm, of course, Anthony. I'm one of these guys, one of the team here. And uh, we have one who's on your little ballot that you have there, um, Tim Welling, who is the nominee um, this, uh, this year uh, for, for uh, a new elder. And our, our, our deacons and our elders, they go through quite a process um, to, to become a deacon or a, an elder as well. And in that process, um, y'all nominate. Um, we started uh, quite a few weeks back, and you nominate those you think could be a, a good uh, servant leader or a, a good uh, uh, elder. And in that, uh, th those names go to the elder board, and they say, and they look to see, okay, are, are these folks already deaconing, or are they already eldering out there somewhere? And so it goes through a little bit of a selection process, and then it goes from there, it goes to what our bylaws and our constitution uh, refers to as a task force. Um, it's 50% uh, uh, elders and 50% non-elders as well, and they sit down and they have an extensive interview uh, with, with these nominees. Um, uh, this year, there was uh, an interview, uh, kind of a packet that there was a self-evaluation for elders and deacons that they went through uh, to see, do, do I have um, the relationship with Christ? Do I have uh, the competency? Do I have the capacity? And there are a few things. Uh, capacity is a big deal um, because these elders take a lot of time in helping to lead you as well as the deacons take a lot of time to help serve in all kinds of different capacities. Uh, and so one, one of uh, the, the factors uh, of um, being able to lead is do I have the time to do that? And, and so these are men who have said, I've, I've got the time to do that. And uh, these guys and gals over here have said, yes, I, I've, I've got the time and um, I'm walking forward with the Lord. And so um, there's a few things that they went through in the interview process. And then in that interview, or after filling out the, the own self-evaluation, uh, then they get to sit between, b before that task force. And they just get to have a conversation so that people get to know who they are. Um, them just kind of get a little bit subterranean underneath the surface a little bit to say, this is who I am. This is my relationship with the Lord. Um, this is how I could see myself uh, helping to lead uh, in different capacities. Uh, and so then after that, um, they get to be up here standing uh, before you after. 
chapter, uh, we said, yes, we, we could see them helping to lead. Um, we have uh, one elder who actually is, uh, had to step down uh, this, uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Um, no faulty, crazy business going on. He just realized in his life that the capacity became an issue, that he just didn't have the time. Um, he, uh, Sterling Hitch, uh, he's an officer, he's a police officer in uh, Omaha, um, loves the Lord. He's part of our teaching team. We have a teaching team that meets uh, on most Tuesdays every week um, to prepare for whoever's going to be uh, teaching up here on Sunday. We do that collaboratively as a team as well. So he's still a part of that. Uh, he's got two young kids at the, at, at the house and his wife is doing full-time college as well. So he just realized I got to the point where I just don't have the time to do this well. And um, because uh, capacity is a deal that we want our elders and our deacons to have. He said, guys, I'm going to step down for now. Um, but I, I, I want to continue uh, to be a part of the, the teaching team. And also uh, in the future, when my season of life changes, I, I want to come back on as the elder board. So um, uh, we love Sterling and he stepped down um, uh, just a couple weeks ago. And so pray for him. Pray for him in his season of life. Uh, um, he's doing a great work in Omaha, and he's doing a great work in our church as well. And he'll also be um, helping to, to lead um, uh, a level of a security team uh, in the future as well uh, to help keep us all safe uh, in here. Uh, and so our deacons, uh, our deacons, uh, they are tasked with helping to serve, uh, but also to build. Um, they are lead servants throughout our building and throughout uh, uh, the outside. And they say, hey, how can we make this place better and our body better? But also they are building teams and bringing other servant-minded people along with them. And so uh, I'm going to introduce uh, our current deacons in the room. So go ahead. Bill Baker. Okay, so we'll stop right there. Now we, so we, we have, we have uh, Tim Welling is out of town who you're going to be voting on. So hopefully you guys know who Tim is. Uh, he and his wife had already had a trip planned to Colorado. And so they're, they're there on vacation right now. Um, uh, Josh Johnson, um, he's out of town right now. Same idea. Are they, they might be in Colorado also. Arizona. Okay, that's right. Uh, they're, uh, they're in Arizona, and Corey is one of your uh, nominees that's on your slip that we'll be, uh, we'll be affirming in just a little bit. And, and Clyde is in Arizona as well, who's the chairman of our deacon board. What's going on in Arizona? My goodness. And then we have a, uh, we, ha we actually we have five um, deacon nominees. And so this is Kay Blinkow. Um, gosh, I'm so excited about these deacons, as as well as I'm excited about you guys too. Um, uh, but we got Kay and we've got Sarah Myers. And then we have Steve Spargen, who is coming back on the team again, uh, coming back to the crew. Uh, and, but we also, we've got uh, Corey Johnson. Um, who's coming on, and we have uh, Matt Myers, who's coming on too. So this is the first time, like we've got two couples, two married couples um, that are going to be on our deacon team. And what's awesome about that is like these two, these two couples, they have hearts to serve the Lord, and they're doing that together as a team, and they're growing. Um, and so these, these three on the end are on your ballot, uh, as well as uh, two others uh, as well. And yeah, so um, I want to pray uh, for, these, uh, for these guys and gals up here, and you be praying even in the process uh, while we're praying about um, that you would have God's wisdom and discernment on, on how you vote in just a few minutes. Father, thanks so much uh, that we have the opportunity uh, to be led and to be served in such a way uh, that no one person is leading your church. Uh, you are the head and you are leading the Big C Church all over the world, but in our local environment, you've tasked us with having elders and deacons to help lead and to serve, and I'm just so thankful to be a part of this team. Um, thank you for um, the elders that we have who are uh, helping to guide and to guard the flock that's here, and for the, the deacons that we have that are helping to serve and to build teams that are helping to serve as well. 
I'm just so encouraged by them. And uh, Lord, we have some folks that have been nominated. They have gone through a process. And we just pray that you would give wisdom and discernment as we uh, listen to your spirit uh, for how we're to, uh, um, to affirm them or not to affirm um, in just a few minutes. Uh, but Lord, uh, take this process and use it for our encouragement and, and for our good pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, that was awesome. That's the most that's ever been given by Riverview in the past. Um, so the next question obviously is what happens with all the money that's given? It's an important question. We don't take it lightly. The staff doesn't take it lightly in the way they spend their money. Uh, first of all, we are able to give $50,000 along with the rest of our community to the flood relief uh, fund this, this year. And that's huge because that made such a big difference. Michelle talked about that earlier, just how it, it changed lives. And, and it was not just us, but there's the entire community that got involved with that. Um, we were also able to give $50,000 or give $305,000 to pay off the principal on our loan. That includes, exactly, that includes $273,000 that was additional payment to our regular, regular monthly payment. And then we also spent $33,000 just on direct ministry expenses that happened here in Riverview. And we were able to give $30,000 to partners that, that work alongside us that we agree with and we want to support. They're both local, regional, and, and around the world that we partner with. So finally, we still have to pay for staff expenses. We pay for the administrative costs of operating a church. We have to pay for the maintenance and the operation of this building to keep it working, keep it efficient and useful to do all the things that we do here. And so since that loan number, that $305,000 was a really big number, I just want to spend a little bit of time on that. The balance at the beginning of the year was $682,000. By the end of the year, we had it paid down to $376,000. That is... That is awesome. That is 45% of the balance that we were able to pay off in one year. Um, that will shorten the life of the loan by seven years. Yeah, yeah. So, so just in 2020, in this current year, we will save $19,500 of interest. And over the life of the loan, we'll save over $200,000 of interest that we'll be paying that is huge. That's a lot of money that we can spend on ministry instead of interest. So thank you very much. So, so one thing that it should talk about, though, because of the, the, the way the funds were directed, and we promised to say that everything you give to the Imagine Project is going to pay off the loan. Um, because it was specifically directed in that direction, it's kind of put us in a little bit tighter cash position than we started the year with. We started the year with $122,000 of cash reserve, and we ended the year with uh, $26,000 in a cash reserve. So a 5% re reserve is really not a lot of buffer to, to make it through the, the summer months. It typically wouldn't get us through there. However, we just showed you what paying down a loan instead of just keeping that money on the shelf, how much money that saves us. So that's a big plus. We wanted to be able to do that. 
but it's also going to take some continued support throughout this year to be able to meet our cash, regular cash expenditures as we go through the year. I just want to thank you in advance for all that you do to faithfully and generously give to keep RCC humming along. It's going to take all of us, but we, we just faithfully move forward and, and believe that you're all on board and you've supported us in the past and will continue to. So let's take a look at what we have planned in the 2020 budget. It's, it's pretty simple. Um, if you haven't had a chance to take a look at it, it's, there's probably still some copies out there on the table. Um, it's also available if you open up your app, there's a couple clicks you can get to it from there. Or it's been posted on the website, you can get to it from there as well. So for 2020, the elders and the deacons, we've gone through this together and we are proposing only a slight increase from $530,000 to $535,000 uh, budget for 2020. Uh, this includes $473,000 of regular expenses and that's up 3% from last year's budget. On the chart you see here, I've included the flood relief expenses in our kingdom investment. That's why the percent of budget is so high. If we took those flood relief funds out of there, which were unexpected, we didn't know in January that that, that was going to happen, but we're so thankful we could be a part of it and everybody just jumped in. But if we took those numbers out of there, about $45,000 that went out in 2019, that was about equal, our budget would have been right at, right at what we spent. So we were at 100% of the budget. And our overall budget, the total expenses, would have been about 95% of budget. So we would have, we technically came in under budget. And so those flood relief funds were additional, kind of above and beyond what our regular general fund was, was for. The other, the other costs associated are just capital improvements that we make every year. Part of that's paying down the, the regular expense of paying down our building loan and any capital improvements or just maintenance things that we have to do in buying furniture, um, servers, computers, things that we need as, as capital items to, to keep the building working the way it should and in order for the staff to, to do their job and uh, everybody feels really comfortable in here when they come to visit RCC. Um, in there, there's also $120,000 of Imagine payment. And that's, that number is strictly dependent on, on you. How much, this is what people have promised last June, last June we, when we had the Imagine campaign. And so that's what we anticipate coming in. And that money, if it comes in, will go directly toward the building loan as well and we'll strictly go to pay off principal on that loan. And so you'll have the final determination of how much of that we pay this year. That is the summary of our budget. You have the opportunity in two ways to voice your support for, for this, this budget proposal of $535,000 this year. First of all, you can take out your ballots and you can vote for or against this proposal. And next, you can continue to support Riverview financially through your tithes and offerings. So, I don't have any desire to make an emotional appeal up here or 
leverage any guilt or entice you to give. But I hope what you've seen this morning that we've been able to clearly communicate what Riverview's about. And for those of you that were new members at the class last week, we got a great picture of who we are, what we want to be. And frankly, we are the culmination of everyone here. We're all a part of it. And so it's a decision for you and your family to make. Take the time to consider your careful prayer and discernment of what God is leading you to give out of an abundance or out of your sacrifice and how you would like to invest in the mission and the vision of Riverview in 2020. So we're going to have the ushers come forward right now and we'll receive an offering. And on the, on the chairs in front of you, you, you have ballots. There's three things you can mark on there is your decision to whether or not to affirm the elders and the deacons that are proposed. And you have an opportunity to vote for or against the proposed budget. And then on the bottom, there's also a check box to check if you're a member or not. So if you are a member, check that box. And then as the ushers go by and as we receive the offering, go ahead and put those ballots into the offering basket. And somebody will be in back when we're done. We're going to tally those up. Uh, and hopefully, we're in, in a short period here, we'll get back to you and we'll have a quick answer. Um, well, they're counting the votes and uh, taking, the, taking the offering and then counting the votes. We get to see a video from James and hear about the student life ministry. So if you've been missing that, we're saved the best for last. <laughs> so let's, uh, would you pray with me? God, we just thank you for all that you have done. We thank you that you are the king of this church, that you are our Lord and our Savior, and that we serve here just to honor you and represent you in this world, in our community, uh, around the people that we live with each day. And we thank you so much that we can be a part of what you are doing. Thank you that you've put this church here in Ashland, that we can join, that we can live be a part of and that we can live out your truth live out your grace and your mercy through and partner with the people sitting beside us every week in in doing that uh, thank you for the way that you've blessed us that way that you've given and allowed us to give back generously from it and we just ask your blessing on the money that's received that it would honor you and you would be glorified in the way that that it gets used and you would just lead us well in the decisions we make. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Here's James. Hey, welcome to our student life update from 2019-2020. I got a lot of really cool things to share with you this morning, uh, but I want to start out by looking back at 2019. Some of the really cool things that happened for us this last year is that we added a bunch of new leaders. Um, I created a position this year called Squad Bouncers, um, where I had some people that helped with some of the behavioral stuff that was happening, and I had two ladies step up and take that role. In addition to helping with that, they also helped get the food ready and to serve the food at night, and that took a lot off my plate as well, which was awesome. Uh, in our anomaly ministry, we added three female leaders this year and two um, male leaders. So five more leaders with our high school group is just incredible. And then Quest, our fourth and fifth grade group, we actually added six leaders this year. 
with four of those leaders being high school students. And I just love having high school students ministering to kids that are younger than them. And I know that those fourth and fifth grade kids really look up to the high school students. Another cool highlight from this year was that we added the GROW curriculum. Um, every year I prepare lots and lots and lots of talks. And so um, having the GROW curriculum has made it a lot easier to, for me to come up with cool topics um, and cool illustrations. Um, and I just love how it's changed the way that I prepare every single week. We had our Quest Christmas party for our fourth and fifth graders this year. We had it here at Riverview. And this year we had over 70 fourth and fifth graders in our building, which is just such a soft and easy way for us to introduce them to Riverview if they've never been here before. Um, and then the other thing is that Jess Buller was a part of our, our student life ministry for a lot of years. And she ministered with a lot of the kids that have grown up through our student life. And this year when she went to YWAM, I challenged our kids to help raise money for her. And we raised almost $1,500. And then looking forward to 2020, um, there's really three areas of focus for this year. Uh, one is leadership development. If it's just gonna be about me and the students that I can reach, we're gonna have a very small impact. And so I need to be encouraging my leaders more, coming alongside them and answering their questions about how they can lead their small group times better, um, how they can connect with uh, the parents of their students better that are in their small groups, those kinds of things. I know that 2020 can be a better year for that. I'm also gonna be um, focusing this year on my uh, communication with parents. I want them to know um, I want you parents to know exactly what we're doing in our student life ministry. So my goal for this year is to send out an email at the beginning of every month that's going to let you know what we're planning on talking about. I'll have the titles of my, my lessons for the month and just some key questions that you can ask your, your kids. And then along with that, you'll know about our spe special events that are coming up, uh, trips, retreats, those kinds of things. I just want to keep you, all you parents, in the loop for the things that we're I'm gonna be um, striving to do this year. And then my last like huge area of focus, emphasis, thing I'm excited about is Challenge 2020, which is our trip that we're gonna to take to Kansas City this year for our high school students. It's July 13th through the 18th. And my goal is to take a group of 40 uh, people to that trip because God is gonna move in huge ways through our student life ministry while we're on that trip. And so the last thing I wanted to talk to you uh, about today is just, I wanna share a couple of specific prayer requests. The first prayer request is, as I challenge leaders to, to more, um, just pray for the way that I communicate that and the way that I, um, the way that I can come alongside them. Uh, pray that they would hear it and that they would respond. Um, and ultimately that our student life ministry would get better because our leaders are better. And then the other thing um, is just again, as I, want to do a better job of communicating with parents. I just pray um, for those relationships, that the parents would come alongside what we're trying to do and ask those questions and get involved, um, and that our ministry will be a lot better if parents are more involved. Hey, thank you so much for watching this video, and I cannot wait to see what God's gonna do through our Student Life Ministry in 2020. I'd like to tell you that nobody got hurt during the filming of this video, but as you can see, there is blood on my finger that came from my nose. You can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. What? So, the vote, official vote tally was uh, everything passed. So, all the deacons, the elders did it, budgets passed, and uh, 
that officially closes our meeting for for the year. Yeah. Anthony's gonna come up and do their final. Hey, thanks everybody. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for everything that you've done today. Uh, the things that you've done throughout the year. Uh, the things that you've got planned for the upcoming year. Um, Lord, we are vessels in your hands and we don't hold any of us, uh, uh, the value uh, inside. Of, it, it, like We're not the prize. We're not the treasure. You are the treasure. And so we want to spend everything that we have our time, our treasure, our talent, everything that our fragile lives can be, we want to pour out for you so that people see the treasure, Lord. And so thank you for our body. Thank you for Riverview. Thank you for being a part of your church. Thank you for leading us. Thank you for shepherding us. Thank you that we get to follow a shepherd that will never, ever lead us wrong. We, uh, we follow you. Thanks for our, for our time in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, have a great Sunday, guys.